Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Uh, and we took a little bit of a break. We took last week off. it was Easter. Yeah, because it was Easter. So, how was Easter for y'all? I intended to do something and then did not get around to organizing it, so did nothing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, we got invited to the boyfriend's parents' house, uh, and both of us were adamant about not doing anything, so we didn't do anything. Nice. Nice. Sometimes you just gotta, like, let the vacation be a vacation, you know what I mean? Yeah. A weekend has to be a weekend where you don't do a thing. Yeah, we... I mean, there's there's also more to this story. Uh, the weekend prior to Easter, we were invited by boyfriend's parents to go over there. They live like 20 minutes away from here. Um, to a local beer and wine fest thing, which was, you know, cool. And that would have been fun, except it rained all day. And it was an outdoor event. So, spent a good four and a half hours just standing in the rain. Uh, drinking beer and I didn't even drink because I knew once we like I drank a little bit in the morning we got there we got there at like 10 in the morning and I had a couple beers then but I knew I was like I know that we're not gonna want to stay at at his parents place tonight like we're both gonna want to go home so I will take one for the team and I will not drive and I will drive us back to our place uh it was it was miserable. So we've basically just been avoiding his parents since. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. They don't listen to the podcast. I hope. No. God no. I think I had. Uh, yeah. I have. Um, so my my work place uh, just got like a social media type person, um, and they have a Twitter. So we have a like a work. There's an official Twitter now for our, our my place of employment, uh, and I followed them, and then they followed me back, and I was like, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I want like our social media manager seeing the sort of things I retweet sometimes. Huh. Like I don't post anything that bad. Yeah. But still. It's the principle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if in I... like a professional context, you know what I mean? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want my place of employment following me on Twitter. I don't have one currently, but uh, if I mean, I I I am pretty naughty on Twitter. Pretty no no. Uh oh, don't look at it. <laughs> Can you block people from seeing your stuff? I guess. But that would be weird, too, to, like, block my employer on Twitter. Yeah. And, like, I, I do want to see the stuff that they tweet. I just don't yeah. want them to see the stuff that I tweet. Yeah. There's... And I don't think you can do one without the other. Yeah. And, like, I guess you could private your account, but that wouldn't help this either, because you already follow each other. So yeah. they would still be able to see everything. Yeah, Twitter has a lot of issues that uh, are weird to try to work around. 
I mean, I guess, you know, you could argue that, like, you should never post anything that you, like, wouldn't want to be held accountable for Ugh. social media. Yeah, which, but like, held accountable is not the same as... Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not ashamed of the stuff on my Twitter. I just don't think it's appropriate for, like, a company that, like, markets technology to, like, K-12 through school children. <laughs> like, that's fine. Yeah. Those can be different things. I was reading about recently how schools in Japan have recently started, uh, like, making it mandatory for students to disclose their social media accounts. And if they don't disclose their social media accounts and get found, then they'll get expelled, which is wow. uh, dystopian. I can sort of see how you would get to that point, though. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy enough to work around. You just, you can, then you can totally protect your account and, like, your school won't be able to see anything because, uh, I wouldn't be following my school on Twitter. Yeah. But. I think I follow my school on Twitter. Do you? I mean, I guess I follow the USC Game Lab, but that's not exactly the same thing. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow, like, my high school on Twitter. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see how you could do that to, like, cut down on, like, bullying and, and people, like, pretending to be someone they're not kind of stuff. Oh, that's something I didn't even think about. What if you pretended to be someone who didn't have a social media account and then you got found out, but they got in trouble for it, for not disclosing their social media accounts and getting Ooh. expelled? How do, hmm, how do they... How do they adjudicate yeah. this thing? <laughs> yeah, how would that situation play out? Hmm. The school sets up their own social media site, and everyone has to go through theirs. <laughs> I love it when, when like workplaces have their own insular social media accounts. Like They had that at, at UPS. UPS has their own social media platform that's just for UPS employees. It's bizarre. It's just well, like I mean... LinkedIn, but worse. <laughs> um, I mean, That's like, your slogan. Slack is sort of filling that niche, I feel like, for a lot of workplaces, right? Um, where it's mm. like, we need, we need a way to communicate internally and like post stuff that only other employees will see. Um, Isn't and so, Slack like... mostly tech? Yeah, I guess I guess I I think of it because I work for a tech company. Yeah, but and I mean I've used Slack before, and I see Slack more as like a communication tool rather than a a social media platform. Which, yeah, I guess it uh, it sort of depends on like how yeah. you slash your company choose to use it. Because that's how we use it. Because we like we were people who went to school together, and we were working on stuff together after most of us had graduated, so we were all kind of flung out into the world and still needed like a, a unified place to just like here's where we're putting our stuff here's where we're talking about our stuff but yeah so i, I always used it mostly as like a, a chat platform and a file repository yeah we use it we use it for a lot of like internal communication and then we use the random channel as like our social media channel where it's like like, hey, you know, like, who wants to join my, like, Game of Thrones Fantasy League? Or, you know. Look at, look at this cat video I found. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. That's 95% of all the communication is in that channel. 
Well, I mean, we actually do have to do a lot of in-depth communicating for actual work yeah. tasks. So, uh, so the stuff that uh, that's in there is is you know reasonable, but yeah, there's there's been some fun stuff in that channel. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How did we get on this tangent? Oh, right, your work. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was about uh, the weirdness of like. The, uh, the awkwardness of like oh it was about your parents and whether they follow the podcast oh yeah 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 that's that was the root you're correct yeah no <laughs> long story short <laughs> your parents do not follow this podcast moving on uh my my dad found the podcast after we put it on itunes i guess i think uh and he said that Probably. he listened he's i don't i'm not i'm not sure what happened there but he said that he has listened to it i don't know if he still does because he was like, yeah, I listened to it, but then you started talking about video games, and I don't care about that, so I stopped listening at that point. So, uh, if you're listening to this, Dad, hello. If We're... you're listening to this, Kelso's Dad, you sure have a lot of dedication for someone who doesn't like video games. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we're... he could just listen to, like, the opening of each podcast yeah, where we just talk yeah. about our lives. That's basically it, I think. So, yeah. Uh, we're We're going to start talking about video games eventually, but for now... Enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think we're stalling because I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a ton to say about this game. Yeah. My notepad is empty. Uh, I did not take notes. Um, but I, I don't know. Shall we just start talking about the game? Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So the game that we played uh, for this few weeks uh is Evergarden and I like foolishly did not bring up the details uh to like read out the publisher is, and stuff. It is forth, by but... uh Flip Fly Games. That's all I know. I don't Fly, know that's right. I don't know if they have a publisher or not. Yeah, it's a very indie like feeling little thing. Well, interestingly, yes. they have a a Patreon and they just make a new tiny game every month. Really? On their Patreon, which is cool. Yeah, so. I mean, I would do that with uh I would do I would do that if I could. Yeah. So, do, do they have other stuff on Steam that they've published or is it Evergarden? Oh, they okay. are also making a game called Cats Fly Helicopters. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, they've also have listed Race the Sun. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's a fun game. And a DLC for that called Sunrise. Hmm. That does sound fun. Um, but yes, this game, Evergarden, uh, is a small puzzle game. Not not actually what I was expecting when we, when I suggested it uh, last time, but it's basically a like uh, it's a match three ish uh it's more like triple town if anyone has ever played uh spry fox's triple town um where when you match something instead of disappearing it just upgrades to something and the goal is to get you know to upgrade as much as you can uh before you fill up the board uh in this case it's like a little hex grid uh, three, three to a side, uh, and you have little plants, and they start as like little sprouts, 
and then they go all the way up through I think that's the, the the highest flower is a level six flower mm-hmm. and then when you get to level seven it becomes a mysterious totem uh, that can be used as a wild card and you have a strange little foxalope question mark uh, companion creature who gives you th- like patterns to try and match while you're upgrading and when you match patterns you get free extra flowers to place in the garden uh, and as you level things up if you get totems you get more moves and so the goal is to like basically get your garden as upgraded as possible before your moves run out or before you fill up the garden with no moves left um which is interesting because I felt like ultimately that's not really the goal. And I think that's the difficulty that I had with this game, is that it it gives you several goals at a time. <laughs> so the first goal is obviously like get the highest score, because it does keep track of your score. And I wasn't paying attention <laughs> really to like how it did that, but like matching matching uh, Fen is the name of your foxalope, I think. Oh, uh, yes. Matching Fen's patterns gives you extra points, and like upgrading flowers gives you points, and I think I'm assuming getting uh, totems gives you yeah. points. Um, but when you get totems, that gives you these little triangular pieces that later you can use to progress? Question mark. Yes. So the. <laughs> The other, like, the interesting kind of wrinkle on top of this is that there's sort of a story, very, very loosely. Um, The idea is that you find a letter from your mother, and she's like, I left you this snow globe with a little forest in it. Go into the forest and, like, work on the garden. Um, So you go through the forest, and there's a series of little environmental puzzles. They're all the same format. They're like the... um, what are those things called? Not the Tesseract. That's a Marvel movie thing. T- tangrams? Um, tangrams. Tangrams. Yeah, there's little Tangram puzzles that you have to fill in um, in order to like unlock a path through the woods. And as you unlock the path through the woods, you unlock additional powers that you can use in the main garden game. Uh, and in order to do each Tangram puzzle, you need anywhere from like six to ten usually uh, little triangles that you can only get from forming totems in the uh, in the main garden game. So you basically play the garden game to earn enough objects in order to progress through the overworld and get powers which help you in the garden game. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was expecting... I wasn't expecting the mechanic to be, like, entirely just one thing in one place. I had thought it would be more, like, mini-metro, where as you progress, the mechanic would change slightly, or would the levels would be different, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is not that. That's what I was expecting as well. Um, it's very much the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I guess it's... the variety comes from the, the songs that you unlock that give you, you know, extra abilities... But I didn't use most of the... I used, like, two throughout most of the game. That I played, at least. Yeah, so. there, there are some of them that are kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like I tried 
maybe not most of them, but a lot of them at least once. But then I settled into an eventual pattern of they only give you space to use three on any given game anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I eventually settled into a pattern of like, okay, these are the ones I know I like. So these are the ones I'm going to use. Yeah. And a lot of the time you want to clear up space early as well. Yeah. Because you want to pick up some flowers. Yes. Yeah. It's That's the problem is they take up inventory space and like picking up extra flowers to plant also takes inventory space. So it's kind of a, a trade-off of like if you're going to use that. That's why I ended up always taking one of the powers you get is like a, a horn of plenty type thing where uh, it any you like can place it at any time and then forever after that's like a special tile and any plant that's on that tile just always is in bloom mm-hmm. um, so the way the game works is that uh, in each tile you have one of these little flowers uh, and the flower has like a little like bloomed fruit thing uh, and if it has a fruit you can either merge it with an adjacent flower of the same level that also has a fruit or you can sacrifice the fruit as a seed to plant uh, a level one flower in an adjacent square and so there's a lot of sort of strategic trade-off for like when to plant versus when to combine and honestly I feel like I still don't necessarily have uh, a handle on like what the best strategy is for that yeah neither do I um, I'm sure there is one, but yeah. I, I I felt like I either had nearly every space on my board full or almost none of them full, and very little in between. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why there's a there's a really good power um, that lets you just plant seeds on all open spaces in the board. Oh, nice. uh, which is which is super useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the three I ended up using most are the the Horn of Plenty one, the uh, the plant a seed in all open spaces, and there's one that's like a whirlwind, which lets you pick up any flower on the board and then place it somewhere else. Mm, yeah. Which yeah, is incredibly powerful. Yeah, and yeah, you get three copies of that one, which is pretty OP. Yeah, I use that one too. I mostly use that one and the... The one that levels up every flower in a, in a, in radius. a set radius, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The uh, I'm trying to think if the the one one I used a lot in the early game was there's one there where there's like an eagle, yeah, eagle, um, an eagle, and uh, it. Co- Comes and it picks up anything on the board that you want. So there's a there's a like a pests mechanic, where um, sometimes your board can become infested with rabbits or armadillos. Uh, armadillos spawn somewhere on your board, and then they just wander around uh, in empty like to an ad- empty adjacent square every turn, just taking up room. Um, Rabbits spawn at the edge of a board and then go in a straight line until they either get back off the board or hit a totem, and they eat everything in their path. I hate uh, rabbits. Yeah, which is way more annoying. Yeah. <laughs> There's serious imbalance in the uh, the difficulty of of these uh, 
I guess there's also a way to... I was looking at the achievements. Apparently there's a way to combine pests? Yes. Okay. Um, so if if any two pests meet each other on the board, like they uh, they get to adjacent tiles, so two rabbits... You pretty much never get two rabbits, but like a rabbit and an armadillo or two armadillos... Um, then they turn to face each other, and they're little hearts, and they both burrow into the ground. I had that happen with uh, my armadillos. There was yeah. another one. Hang on, let me look at the achievements. Yeah, there's also the quick. wings. There's also the flying pest uh, okay, achievements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the way you do that is the so the totems. The way the totems work is they're a wild card. They can be used to form any pattern that the uh, uh, what was his name again? Fen. Yeah. That, that Fen makes, um, or, you know, used in place of one, one's, one flower in any of the things. Um, and if you make – so once you've used them, then they activate and their little eyes glow, and then they can't be used again. But if you can get a group of adjacent totems to all be glowing, then they will, uh, they will sink and create a mega totem. But before they create a mega totem, they, like – if there's two adjacent ones or nearby ones – uh, with glowing eyes, they will form a little beam between the two, and mm-hmm. they don't have to be directly adjacent. They can be like sometimes two or three spaces away from each other and still form this beam. Yeah. So because the beam can cross over open tiles, there is a, a rare thing that can happen where an armadillo or rabbit wanders through the beam, at which oh. point it sprouts wings and flies away. Okay. That's how you do that. I I never ended up figuring out how that yeah, works. I, I, I that think one up. as you kill the animal, it goes to heaven. <laughs> yeah, Fen, Fen like watches it like, huh, this is unusual. What the hell is going on? Hmm. Fen is Fen is your animal companion, but Fen is not like, uh, you know, like an annoying catchphrase sprouting animal companion. Fen is entirely silent. And just like looks at you and occasionally thinks in patterns. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's a good good companion. Uh, as far as as far as companions in games go, it's much appreciated when the companion is not super annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the goal, like the I guess what you could sort of call story mode. Uh, goal is to get through the forest and activate these pillars of light. Uh, and then when you've activated all of the pillars of light, then, and which obviously only happens after you've gotten all of the powers, uh, then it like plays a little ending cutscene. Um, in which, spoilers, uh, it turns out that like your mother has died and left you this garden as like. An inheritance and she wants you to take care of it and so you like visit her grave and you plant a little flower on the grave oh. uh, and it's and then all the animals are there and they're also you know like I don't know mourning or, or showing appreciation for you and your mother as gardeners and it's like dedicated to someone that the uh, game developers knew it's you know like to you know this person who like taught us about gardening <laughs> It's really sweet. Oh. Um, but let's see. I have I have officially 
I'm actually like I have the game open right now, so I can tell you what all the powers are. Uh, so timeless rain, timeless rain uh, brings all plants in a like little circular section of the the map up by one level. Uh, Aquila's call uh, is you summon a big e eagle and it eats a pest on the board, which is kind of brutal, really. Um, like the rabbit actually shakes in fear when the eagle comes. Uh, whirlwind uh, uproots anything from the board, um, and then you can put it in your inventory and plant it somewhere else. The abundance is the horn of plenty. Uh, lightning reel um, upgrades any group of plants of the same type. So you can say like, I want all of my level two plants to be level three plants, or you know, I want all of my level four plants to be level five plants. Um, the sowing song, which plants seeds on any open spaces in the board. Ava's jig, which moves any item on the board to an adjacent space of your choice, which seems just like a not as good version of the whirlwind one. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't have to put it in your inventory first, so like that's one bonus it has, but it's it's still like, why wouldn't you just take whirlwind? Uh, and then omnitune. Uh, which creates a wild card that can serve as any plant in a pattern. I don't think I ever actually used that one, so I don't know how that one works very well. I used it once, and it was fine, I guess. I, <laughs> I, I used it once to like see how it worked, and it, it, it's exactly what it says on the tin, and so I never really used it again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just like, you know, play play the thing. Unlock the little pieces, venture around in the forest. The forest parts are kind of interesting because they I I almost hesitate to call them puzzles really. I guess the tangram part is kind of a puzzle, but the uh there's like a like an almost like a hidden picture game type element to them where some of them will have like, oh, there's a little hidden like blue triangle in the in the river. And you have to see that it's there and click on it because you need it to, like, open a path. Yeah, or sometimes you'll have to sacrifice a uh, red triangle to, like, even see the pattern that you need to complete in that area. Yeah. Which is always so annoying. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, in this one, you, like, put one triangle on a tree and that causes the tree to shake and drop a different type of triangle that you need later. <laughs> it's, like, not complicated but it's just sort of like i don't know it's it's a little yeah it's a little busy worky in uh in exactly in that like it feels like it's just so you have a thing to do um which was fine once i figured out like what they were doing with it and i kind of like adjusted my mindset to be like okay this is you know this is where it's going then i was i was pretty much okay with it i wouldn't say it was like you know the best part of the game or anything but it was fine, and it provided, like, a nice little break between just replaying the main part of the game over and over again. Yeah. Which is most of it. Um, but it's... I, I like the the atmosphere of it, too. It's, like, kind of a 3D, low-poly style, and, like, all of your power-ups are in the form of, like, little records on a little, <laughs> like, Victrola mm -hmm. that you listen to, and... I don't know. It's very kind of sweet. In, yeah. In own. Like, there's not a whole lot about this game that I didn't like. 
you know, all the pieces are very nice on their own, but the whole thing together is just like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll yeah, play it, this yeah. because I said I'd play it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little insubstantial, I would say. Yeah, yes. that's a good word for it. Um, which, if you're making, like, a game every month, that's, like, insane. But, um, and then your games will be a little insubstantial. But, um, yeah, I guess, as I said, I was expecting it to be bigger somehow. Like, I was expecting the puzzle to have variations of any kind, but it, it kind of doesn't. It does in the sense that there's different power-ups, but it's always coming back to the same spot and just doing the same puzzle. Yeah, I would I would have liked for your main area, your your board screen, basically, to, like, change. Like, even if it just changed, like, color and lighting, that would have yeah. been a nice touch. Uh, Agreed. Oh, I guess there's also, there's the cave. Um, every day, there's yeah. a little cave that has an extra 10-gram puzzle in it uh, that you can do every day, because every day it's, like, a different one. Uh, and if you do it, then you start the main puzzle with, like, some extra higher-level flowers for that day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a way of, like, using up your triangles so you don't end up with, like, infinity triangles after you've beaten the main story. Yeah. I, I did screw, that... Screw the cave. Yeah, I did that <laughs> once and realized what it was, and I got so mad. It's like, no, I use my triangles for that! Ah! So, I did it. I didn't realize what it was. And I played, like like two rounds every day mm-hmm. and I spend my money in the cave <laughs> and then I go back and did it more than three days oh no <laughs> yeah and it's six which is a, a lot that's like almost an entire puzzle in most regions mm-hmm. so um, yeah I think it's mostly it's a good way to not progress yeah, if you're playing a lot in one day, then I could see doing it once being useful because I usually ended up with like an extra triangle or two at the end of each uh, round compared to if I hadn't used, if I didn't have the power up. But if you're just doing it like once a day, then it's probably costing you more than it's gaining you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I usually got, for each time I played... I would say I got like three to six or three to five triangles per session. I I actually got into the habit of just like basically blasting through it to get as many triangles as I could as quickly as I could without a mm. whole lot of regard to like strategy. So For I would just score. yeah. So I would get like three and then be like, okay, that's fine. There's not much else I can do. I'll end this board and then do it again really quickly. Ah, uh, I see. That's yeah. That's probably a Which bad is... sign for the game. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I don't want to play this main mechanic. I just want to finish it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think I think the reason. So I really liked this game, but it's it's not necessarily a fair thing because it just it reminds me of a lot of Triple Town, and Triple Town has been like one of my go-to sort of Zen games that I don't have to think about for a long time. Yeah, I mean, this is a good game to play, like if you're just watching something. Yeah, like, is there I, I would... a mobile version of this? No, or is it just because it really well, feels like is. it should be. It should be the sort of game you play on the bus. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that actually. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, a lot of times I'll just have something playing in another monitor, uh, which, you know, I guess is a good way for me to consume this game, is just, like, have something... Yeah, yeah. when you're, like, listening puzzle. to listening to an audiobook or, like, watching YouTube videos or doing yeah. something else and you just want something to do with your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I find I found that uh, that's how I played Mini Metro for a long time. Was like, hey, I I have something I need to do on my computer uh, that just like doesn't involve a lot of my participation other than sitting here. So let me just bring up Mini Metro and play a few Mini Metro maps. But yeah. the thing about Mini Metro is that it is very different every time because the of the random spawning mm-hmm. in different locations and because there are different maps so if you get tired of trying to do one map you can play something else and it's got slight variations in like you know the types of trains that you get or the configuration of the rivers or you know and things like that and i feel like this game could really have used something like that where it's like okay you get the mechanic we know you get the mechanic now try this slight twist on it or try it this slightly harder way or you know this like I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, there, there is a mobile version of this game. Good, good. It does feel, if you're listening to the podcast and you're considering getting this, it does feel like a mobile game. I would probably recommend, I don't know what the mobile controls are like, but I think I would recommend getting it on mobile. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's it's the sort of game for, if you're a person who likes kind of a a lightweight match three that's not super taxing but isn't also you know like candy crush or whatever um it's a nice kind of alternative to that and if you like triple town i like it i really like this game but it's just if you play it once then you played it yeah yeah oh apparently the the uh so i'm looking at it on google play and it is listed as unreleased, mm. as in in development, uh, which means it's free. But also, maybe it works, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I mean, if 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 this sounds like something you want to try, then if if you yeah. can get it for free on mobile currently, go for it, man. Yeah, it's it's indie enough that when I looked up like how to get certain achievements, the main thing that came up was complaints about how some of the achievements are broken. <laughs> it's like a Steam thread. Oh yeah, I think I uh, saw that. Where they're like, you can't get the flying rabbit achievement because it only like unlocks the flying armadillo achievement again, which I've never had an opportunity to test that because I've never been able to get flying rabbit. So. Yeah. There are some real tricky high, higher level achievements. Uh, the the flying rabbit is really hard, and then the multiple patterns at the same time, um, because there are. I don't even remember how I did this at this point, but there's there's ways that you can uh, build something such or place something such that it creates uh, several copies of the pattern. At like non-overlapping copies of the pattern at once, and then you get like uh, extra rewards hmm. for it. Um, and so I got the double pattern. I did not get. The, I have not gotten a triple pattern. 
I didn't I didn't really look at the uh, achievements until like today really, so I didn't see that that was a thing I could even be trying to do. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I looked at them early on and I was like, what the heck is flying? Flying rabbit, flying armadillo. I have to do that one. So I got, I got flying my... rabbit really early. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I was only able to get armadillo. I guess it's it's kind of a luck of the draw thing. Yeah, it's because... very much just luck. Yeah, because I the mean... rabbit the rabbit spawns and goes in a very like specific preset direction. So if you don't happen to have a a beam where crossing its path, then you just there's not much you can do. Yeah. I mean, you can do stuff like placing your totems to get easier coverage. But... Yeah. Yeah, you can try and get maximum laser coverage. But I'm also like, it, honestly, I never really figured out what the rules were for when lighting up two totems creates a line and when it doesn't. Yeah. It's, I have no idea. It seemed really arbitrary to me, and I don't understand because sometimes you have four totems and they're all lit up and none of them have lines between each other i i want to say it has something to do with using multiples within a uh like multiples as wild cards within the same um like pattern, pattern. formation i think I, I that was my theory too but i feel like i just played a version of that where i i did end up getting a beam on things that were activated on separate turns hmm. so i don't even know yeah okay <laughs> I don't um, know either. I I asked you guys in Skype if it actually does anything. Because I, at that point I didn't know about the flying stuff. Mm -hmm. But besides that, does it do anything? I don't think so. I think it just determines um, which totems get sucked down when you like activate enough. And like where the final like super totem is that rises up. The super totem can be also used once as a wild card, but then it after it's used once as a wild card, it just is effectively a dead space on your board. Yeah. So totems are totems are kind of an interesting sort of strategic element because on the one hand they can be anything, but on the other hand, once you've used them, then they're dead spots. So it's it's a real you really got to think ahead about what you're doing, which is was really appealing to me about this game. See, that's, that's the other reason why I would basically try to blast through and get a few totems really quick and then just start a new board, because... It's hard to play when you have a lot of yeah, totems on the is. board. <laughs> yeah, the game gets... And it's a nice way of, like, ramping up difficulty. Uh, like, from a game pr design perspective, it's a good... It's a nice mechanic in that it serves as both, like, reward and difficulty increase at the same time. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sweet. It's It's got a, a cute tone. And if you like this sort of puzzle game, like if you've ever played Triple Town and enjoyed that, then you will probably like this game. But just know that there's not a, there's not a whole lot of depth to it beyond that the one little puzzle. I have let the cat into the room. Oh, <laughs> I can hear that. <laughs> I, I could hear him... On the other side of the door, I figured maybe if I just let him sit here. He's, he is upset at having not been included. Here, you're on the podcast now, buddy. 
Alright. I think we're we're pretty much done here anyway, right? Like, unless you guys have anything else, like, big to say about it. Um, please, someone dealing with the UX of the game, speed up the transitions. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Going from screen to screen takes forever. Yeah, and they don't let you when you've so there's a there's a different path on each side of the central puzzle, right? Because it's a big hexagon, and you can go in each direction, and each one has a path of multiple screens uh, that you have to follow to get down to the end to get to your like most recent tangram that you're trying to solve. And every time you have to click every single arrow in that path and watch every single street screen transition going from one to the other, and it's like you couldn't just give me a button that lets me like go to the end of this path automatically. Yeah. It, it's something that just isn't really important. It's not a long time to wait, mm -hmm. but it's frustrating. And you end up doing it a lot if you're really trying to get to the end, so... Yes. I mean, I guess you could just play the puzzle a bunch of times, store up, like, 20 triangles, and then go and do a few at once, but, I mean, that's not how I played it. I would do like, okay, I have like three more triangles. Let me go put them in place. All right, let me go back. At least when you get to the end of a path, you can warp back to the center. So you don't have to then follow the path backwards again. Yeah. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a... Uh... I guess it fits with the tone because it's supposed to be kind of meditative and slow. Um but it, it does get tedious after a bit, for sure. Yeah, but it's also, it, it works against the player, what the player wants. Yeah. Fair point, good addition. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Nah. I know, Kel I know <laughs> Kelso is super excited oh. to talk about our next game. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> So here's the we thing. We have been talking about it for a while. Yeah, here's the thing. We we had just a, a hell of a time deciding what to play next time. Uh, one game. Because I didn't because I didn't want to pick a game for the third week in a row. Yeah, the problem the problem with that is that Kyle is the only one who is capable of committing <laughs> to a decision among us. Uh, and and Carl yeah, Carl and I'll just say, well, yeah, that sounds fine. I'm good to play whatever. Um, this time, uh, Kyla refused. Kyla set us loose and, and, uh, and made us make the decision ourselves. Um, so we consulted our, our games hopper, which has games in it that we have discussed playing for this podcast, and we picked one that has been on the list for quite a while. Uh, it is nothing at all, like, Evergarden, or like most of the games, really. It's probably about as far away from Evergarden as a game can get, actually. Yeah, it's basically the totally. opposite. I mean, this game is basically the opposite of the podcast, really. Um, next On our next episode, we're going to be playing Doom, baby. We're going to be playing the 2016 Doom, which uh, I feel like I don't really have to say a whole lot about it. It's an id-game... Id published by Bethesda, sort of kind of a reboot, soft reboot, I guess, of ye olde classic shoot-boy game Doom. Uh, that's what we're playing. I, have we ever 
ever played a first-person shooter on this podcast? We played Bioshock. We played Bioshock. That's true. But the episode was lost. I was gonna say that's the lost episode. Yeah. So, uh. So we have no posted episodes with uh, first-person shooters. Yeah. Oh boy. We'll see how we'll see how my nausea handles this. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. At least it's AAA, so they they better have some. Yeah, some, some options settings. to mitigate yeah. that. Also, it's in VR if you want. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I good. Think. You know, we we have a, a, a an HTC headset here, but we don't have it set up currently. Uh, and I don't think I don't think I will be going through all that rigmarole just to play Doom. Yeah, VR. That'll that'll <laughs> cure my nausea. Um, yeah. See, I, we we did play. I guess that doesn't count. Um, we did play in Verbis Virtus, which is a first-person game, and sometimes you like shoot bolts of things. Yeah. And a no, story about my uncle count. is also a first-person game. Well, a first-person rattler. <laughs> where you're mostly shooting yourself around. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm going through the list right now just to see if there's anything anything even kind of equivalent uh we should invite we should invite thano back for this episode yeah we should do that i'll uh i'll get at him after this i'm excited he'll, he'll probably to be shoot some demons yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll probably say no. He usually says no. Yeah, no, he'll be rude to me about it because that's that's how we are to each other. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so if you've been putting off playing the 2016 reboot of Doom, I guess now's your chance? Yeah, might as well. I've played, I, I will say I have played, like, a tiny bit of it, um, and I... I just wasn't feeling uh, a first-person shooter at the time. Is it gonna be scary? It's not that scary, right? It's more just, like, gory and maybe some jump scares? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I would say jump scares, really. It's Doom, so there's gonna be enemies behind the wall. Yeah. (laughs) And it is, like, the unsettling atmosphere and... and, and, I mean, it takes place in hell. So, like... But also on Mars. But there's things from hell. And also maybe part of the game is in hell. I really know very it's... little about Doom, actually. <laughs> Other that's... than, you know, it's like a classic... Yeah, I think that's know. the thing. It's like, you really it, you really don't have to know a whole lot about it. It's it's like... It was any... literally one of the first shooters. For a while, the genre was referred to as Doom clones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it, It's like any old, like, long-running id uh, franchise. It's like... What do you do in Wolfenstein? You shoot Nazis. What do you do in Doom? You shoot demons. That's it. That's all you. That's that's the primer. There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's the Have game. Have fun. You shoot bad guys. Yeah, yeah, you shoot bad guys and find secrets. Yeah. I like. I do like secrets. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that you've got probably two weeks, maybe longer depending on our schedules. But l- shoot for two weeks. Yeah. Literally. Um, and, uh, and then come back, and if you want to be a guest on the pod, let us know, because, uh... Yeah, if you have been itching to, to join us on the pod, but we keep playing these dang, cute, soft, artsy, artsy games, and you just have been waiting 
with bated breath for us to play Doom or like uh, I don't know Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of <laughs> like uh, uh, Dark Souls. Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Far Cry. Uh, any anything, anything that is not a a a soft, gentle game. Uh, this is this is your Not time to shine. Your time to shine, baby. <laughs> we're doing it. We said we were gonna do it at some point, so we're doing it. Yep, it's time. It's time to play Doom. <laughs> this will be an interesting episode. Yeah, it will. Sometimes you gotta shake it up. I guess I don't know. Well, the- I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I really love this game. Okay. I mean, I've been I, meaning to play it for a while, so this is a good excuse. Yeah. I have not I am not like utterly inexperienced in the genre of first-person shooter. I have played a handful of first-person shooters. Um so as long as I can control my nausea, I should be fine, I think. Yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat. I don't play a lot of them, but sometimes I do, and when I do, I usually enjoy them. I mean, not like like competitive shooters. Fuck that. That's not even fun, but <laughs> I I played um, the first rebooted Wolfenstein and I really liked that. So yeah, I've heard the new Wolfenstein games are very good. Yeah, um, it's it's for me it's it's competition. The main competition is is the shooting going to be as much fun as the shooting in Borderlands Two, because that's probably the shooter that I have played the most of. Uh, because it's like one of Huck's favorite games. So every time we find like a new online friend, he invites them to like play through the co-op campaign of Borderlands with us. That's a nice like hazing ritual. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So actually, Jetlag is the current uh, person that we're just oh. getting to the nice. end of the DLCs with. Nice. Um, so yeah. So I've played a lot of Borderlands 2, and I really enjoy being a sniper in Borderlands 2. So if if do if the shooting in Doom can be as fun as that, then I'll be happy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming. Carl, do you get a sniper rifle at any point? Mm. I feel like this isn't that kind of game. Seem, I was gonna say it doesn't seem like a snipery sort of game. It seems like a like run up and and fire a hail of bullets into anything that moves. Yeah, this, kind of game. this is a do. Oh, okay. I was gonna say this is like a shotguns game. Like <laughs> uh, all the weapons go straight. So it's not really. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I mean, and enemies approach you faster. The, uh, sniper rifles also go straight. They just go straight from a long distance. Uh, yeah, I just mean all weapons in Doom, pretty much do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I think I'll be okay. I like I have enjoyed, um. You know when I'm when I am not sniping, I also enjoy wading into things with a shotgun or SMG or whatever. Yeah. So. I enjoy oh, a shotgun. See. I don't like aiming, but I do like shotguns. <laughs> you gotta get a good mix. You gotta get a good mix of both. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're playing. Join us. It'll be... It's gonna be... A, I think it's gonna be an interesting episode one way or the other. Yeah. I feel like we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about simply by being out of the element, at least for the uh, podcast's content. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, that's all. Let's let's. Who wants to do a plug? I'll do a plug. <laughs> Usually you start. I know. <laughs> yeah, I realized that as I was saying it. Uh, hello. 
I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Also, you can find me pretending to be uh, collectively the podcast, the, the spirit of the podcast, on Twitter also at Feedback Force. Uh, I am Kyla. I am on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore go. Um, I'm also working on a game right now called Wintermore Tactics Club. Yeah. So if you want to follow that, um, you can follow our website, uh, which is wintermoretc.com. Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I think we're at Wintermore TC. Yeah, at Wintermore TC. So Winter M O O R T C. Uh, and yeah, we're working on it. It's it's exciting. We're getting to the end of like the first draft of all the writing, uh, so we just have to go back and like fix things and polish things instead of creating like huge big new writing chunks, which is like really exciting. Yeah, that's that's like a big progress milestone right there. Yeah, and we're we're like hoping to launch like early next year, so I'm I'm very excited. Yeah. Anyway. Follow that on Twitter. Yeah, hello, I'm Carl. You can follow me on Twitter at Skug3. Any homework? No. Okay. Go follow Wintermore Tactics Club. Yeah, that's good homework. <laughs> that's that's the homework forever, basically. Yep. At least until early next year. <laughs> Yeah. Even probably after it comes out, I'm gonna spend an annoying amount of time like, uh, just just plugging it at every possible chance I get on every platform. So yeah. prepare for that. Man, do I'm it. I'm tell you to shut up. Yep. That's basically the goal. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks. We will talk about Doom. Uh, if you would like to join us, please join us. And until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.